0: Produced by Podcast Architects.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, any animals or smart devices that may be listening as well, welcome to another exciting episode of Get Better at Business. We're here to learn. We are here to uh, get some great lessons about how we can all be a little bit better focusing today on one of my favorite topics talking about teamwork with Mr. Roy Holmfeld. Roy, thank you very much for being here.
0: Yeah, thanks, Travis. It's, yeah. uh, it's a pleasure to be a part of uh, your podcast and, and i follow and listen to it and uh, hopefully I can offer some guidance or advice.
1: Well, I, trust that you, I trust that you can. First, first bit of advice. So as we are recording this and, you know, we uh, obviously always a little bit of a delay from recording time to when it gets posted, but, uh, you know, we're, we're approaching the Christmas season, you know, just what, what do you guys, what, what do you guys do for the holidays, like at work? Like, you know, what, do y'all do anything to make it kind of feel special for the employees? Are y'all like Christmas party people? Or are you, you know, present people? Like, what do y'all do for the, for your team?
0: Yeah, we do. Uh, we always try to do fun activities, try to keep a cohesive group, uh, together, you know, make sure that employees are coming to work and, and enjoying work as well as, uh, being productive. So for the holidays, we just finished up our Christmas party, uh, where we went out, uh, we had a nice dinner, went to the ice experience at the Gaylord, uh, Texas, uh, which is nine degrees inside there. So I, <laughs> we, uh got to learn why we're not in Minnesota doing this type of work. Uh, But that was fun. Uh, We also, in a couple weeks, we're going to do eggnog and cookies for all of our customers. So we post and send out the invitation to all of our previous customers for the year and invite them to come in and socialize and do, we'll have eggnog and cookies. And then uh, same day we do ugly Christmas sweater day uh, so anybody who drops in the office will get to see us and, you know, full decor.
1: <laughs> wow. um,
0: so that's a good time. And we, uh, this year we also are implementing a, uh, secret Santa, uh, oh, gift as
1: cool. well. So, so the, uh, it's always fun. Y'all are, are you all um, you? know, I know that every industry is different. And so is this a, you know, do y'all get an opportunity at the holidays to take a little bit of time off, you know, shut down for a few extra days or is it, you know, just does, does your business not really allow that? Cause you're wound up right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, traditionally our business has been, uh, typically after Halloween, we start to see a little bit of a slowdown in uh, leads and customers, and then we're trying to wrap up, you know, projects before the end of the year. So things kind of taper off, which gives us time to reflect, visit Uh, a lot of people, take PTO, take care of the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, so as we approach Christmas, things get a little slower around the office. Uh, people are in and out as far as a PTO taking time off. Uh, But usually the day after Christmas, it seems like everybody has sat around their house, decided that, you know, the kitchen didn't work or they had a bunch of family over and they need to expand the patio, something that needs to change. And so normally the day after Christmas through the first of the year is when we have our biggest influx of calls. Typically, I mean, our business spikes as far as leads go, probably spikes in early January. Um, But you know, I
1: I I hadn't thought about that, but I guess like I'm curious to know, and like I guess you know, uh, before you answer this question, just give the folks a little bit of a background on your business and what you do. You know, uh, for those of you who have not gleaned this yet or have not researched our guest before signing in and listening, is uh, Roy is in the custom home design business and you know, doing new construction, also doing some remodels. But uh, I, I would, I'm curious as to like whenever you're talking to a client, how often. To like the holidays and special occasions come up in their vision for what they want their home to be where it's like you know you're, you're talking to somebody and they 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 say things like you know anytime i've ever you know moved into a new place my mom who loves christmas is always asking like well where are you going to put the tree and you know so things like that or it's just like we really want a place where we can have people and host people how, how big of a thing is that uh i guess Tell us a little bit, just, you know, a little bit more background on the business. And then I guess just answer that question of, you know, like, well, how big of a deal is the holidays for people when they're thinking about the vision for where they want to be? Sure.
0: Family? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, and it's seasonal. So it's, it's funny. I mean, uh, we come out of Christmas, everybody wants storage. Like we need more storage <laughs> because they went and bought a bunch of holiday, you know, decor. Uh, we do a lot of, we get a lot of requests for Christmas tree closets. So they just want to be able to put the tree in a closet and shut the door and pull it out again next year. So that's a big request, uh, come January, February, uh, during the summers, you know, we want, everybody wants patios. They want a big, expansive outdoor barbecue area. Uh, where are they going to, you know, put the pool. And then as we approach the fall, it's more sometimes energy conscious. People want to know, you know, how are we going to save energy? Or we have leaky drafts or I get in my shower currently, you know, is drafty, how are we going to prevent that in the next home? So, I mean, seasonally, uh, the customers come in, you know, we're always, uh, working on current issues that they're facing in their house, but yeah, guest party, uh, holidays are always, we need a bigger dining room. We need a bigger living room or we need an expansive place to, uh, expand to. So yeah, it's fun. We design about 150 to 200 custom homes a year and, uh, every one is unique. You know, sometimes our custom homes might be 12 or 1500 square foot. Sometimes they're 10,000 plus square foot. Uh, but each person has their own, you know, needs or wants and, uh, everybody has family involved. So there's usually something in the home design that revolves around family or a pet. So that's always fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, it's also, and also just, you know, very cool. And, you know, especially, I guess, uh, uh, you, you, you mentioned bringing in your customers or whatever, you know, that, um, you know, customers that you've had, you know, maintain those relationships, you know, kind of throughout the project and after over, uh, you know, do y'all get, you know, do you get, uh. Christmas cards and stuff like that from from satisfied customers where you're kind of getting to see the results of of what you guys have provided for them and their families.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's usually we always ask them when we finish the plans, when you know, once you finish your house, send us a photo. And uh, a lot of times we get forgotten. Uh, They've gone through nine or 10 months or 12 months here lately of construction, headaches, uh, things that happen with subcontractors and they forget about the architect who originally drew the plan. But during Christmas, we uh, surprisingly, and it's always, you know, one, sometimes you least expect, but we'll get a Christmas card from a customer that had a great experience and, you know, wishes well and send a picture of their family in their new home. So it's always, uh, always nice to see. And then we, you know, likewise, we try to get our customers back in. Uh, I'd say 90% of our business comes from referrals. So we we definitely try to take care of, you know, previous customers and builders and realtors that uh, provide us business all year long.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and I know that, you know, something, uh, as, as you and I have talked about the sort of the, the beginnings of your business, you know, you, it's hard to do something more impactful than making a really, really good first impression. And I know that from the early days of your business, you know, sort of presenting people with something that they could see, you know, the 3d, you know, the 3d renderings back in the day, whenever most people are basically, you know, drawing stuff you know, flat on a piece of paper where you're having to you know, just kind of imagine it. Meanwhile, you guys are showing that. And so, was it something that you went into intentionally whenever you're setting up this business of like, hey, this is something that we wanna to do to be this cutting edge deal? Or was it something that, I guess, were you surprised at how impactful that was on your customers whenever you first started doing it?
0: Yeah, I mean, when we started 16 years ago, 3D design, uh, what you see on HGTV today, wasn't mm-hmm. normal uh, for our area back then. And so we met with a lot of customers who had never seen that builders who had never seen that. And uh, I mean, obviously we got into home design because we have a passion for home design and we want to create, you know, new custom homes. Uh, but the 3d aspect of it has been huge and really catapulted our business um, in the early stages, cause we would get calls like y'all are the ones that do 3d design, right? Y'all are the ones that I can see my house before it's built. Like, yes, yes. That's the service that we provide. Um, today it's a lot more, you know, prevalent. Uh, there's a lot more people that have, and businesses that have gone to 3d, uh, design. It cuts down on a lot of he- mistakes. Uh, so we're always trying to make sure that we're on the cutting edge, uh, videos now walk through videos, uh, where we can send videos to our customers. of If you're walking in the front door and You look left or look right. You know, this is what it feels like as opposed to steel images. Um, So, I mean, we're still working on, uh, you know, and improving our product. But yeah, 3D design really catapulted um, our, our business in the early stages.
1: So what are the things that you do to remain on that kind of on the cutting edge? You know, I know that, you know, the 3D design is something that you, you know, brought with you sort of from your engineering background. And it was, it was cutting edge when you first started, but very quickly the rest of the industry sort of caught up. And so like, what are the things that you're doing on a regular basis to, to, to be looking out ahead and saying like, Hey, what are the new ways that we're going to be able to wow our customers? I mean, yeah, you go I think- conferences, you go on, you know, like you, you know, listen into, yeah, listening to, you, yeah, yeah just kind of w- staying innovative. How do you, how do you, how do you hack that?
0: Education, uh, training mm-hmm. and education has always been an important part. Uh, we believe in putting, you know, giving our, Uh, employees time to uh, go to trade shows, uh, go to training seminars, we probably watch two to three seminars a month. Uh, There may be 20 minutes, or they may be an hour, but they're from the National Home Builders Association and research groups that say, these are the latest trends. Uh, We'll take field trips. Uh, We've got a great uh, area here in Dallas where we have a lot of suppliers and manufacturers. We'll go take a look at new tile, new granite, uh, phantom screens, which is a backyard patio, uh, cover that comes down, uh, remotely. So you can get rid of the mosquitoes and provide sunscreen, uh, for your patio and then push a button and it goes back up. Uh, so we always trying to, you know, find new materials, uh, new products, go to the manufacturer suppliers places and get, you know, more information so that when our customers come in, we can say, Hey, your neighbor doesn't have this, this is new. Uh, let's put it into your home and, you know, make it make your house you know the new wow cheat whiz home of the, uh, of the block. And every year we attend the National Home Builders Show, which is held in either Orlando or uh, Vegas, which is both great destinations. but it's three days of jam-packed. Uh, there's between 80 to 100,000 people that attend those shows and uh, it's a, just a great place. All the new products are going to be there and all of our employees go. so it's not just me coming you know going and then coming back and telling the employees about it all the designers, our customer relations manager goes out there and we just try to get as much information as we can so we can stay on the top, you know, cutting edge. And we inform our builders as well as our customers when we
1: get back. So, you know, I mean, you you answered a question I was going to ask, which is, you know, like, you know, what levels of your organization are going? And so it's... We take everybody. Yeah. So did you always do that? Or is that because, I mean, I think the first thing that a lot of people are, you know, you know, certainly anybody that uh, you know, owns a business or somebody that feels like they're going to maybe would like to go to one these conferences and they got to go ask somebody for the money is just, you know, the price tags on these things are not cheap. And so d- did you always have the mindset of we want to take everybody or was this something that you were able to grow into over time?
0: Yeah, I've always wanted to take everybody and we have pretty much have always taken everybody. I mean, I just think it's invaluable, the education and training. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times we're interviewing people, they ask us, you know, what kind of training do you provide? What options are there? for additional education. And it's one thing that we can always promote, like we're, we're heavily involved in training and education and we wanna make sure employees are at the top. So yeah, we shut our office down for a week uh, for the IBS show. We you know travel out there, expense, uh, but every time we come back, every employee has so much valuable knowledge that when they sit down with a customer, it's an easy sell. Our customers are happy and I've just always found it value added. We also, our software we use is Chief Architect and we try every other year to go out to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which if you've never been there is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, but that's usually in the uh, end of August, early September. And we'll go out there for a week, um, go float the river and then do some software training on uh, on the architectural software we use. But again, invaluable knowledge, networking. And you know I, I think it's very, very important. I couldn't. Well-
1: you know and, and you know what we what we what we promised the folks when we first started on is you know we want to talk teamwork and i remember you mentioning that you know the the, the lesson that you wish that you would have learned earlier was just about the importance of human relations and understanding their understanding your team uh you know using some of those tools that uh you know to use, using some tools to you know put some language and some you know common understanding to the way that that people are ticking and so I, I'm curious if this is a, all of this stuff that you're talking about, is this sort of an outgrowth of the lessons that you've learned about how important human relations are, or was it doing these things that kind of reinforced to you of like, man, if we're going to be doing this, it's so much more important that we, you know, do some profiling before we bring people on the team. And it's more, you know, to make sure that this is the kind of thing that they want to go do. So just interesting to hear about the evolution of, your mindset about human relations and particularly as it relates to this education and training that you're so heavily invested in with your team.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I started up my career in corporate world in an engineering, uh, company, primarily engineering, and we were all, you know, type A engineers, uh, very similar personalities for the most part. Um, and you know, you just knew how to interact with each other. Uh, when I started my own business and started to, you know, hire different, uh, you know, different employees, obviously, it became much more not, or it was brought to my attention, I guess, a lot more that, you know, these are very talented people, but they may not think exactly like I do. And I've got to adapt to that if I want to, you know, create that or garner that energy and bring it into our business. Uh, so we have started doing uh, like disc profiles um, that help, you know, not only give feedback about, you know, what kind of employee this person might be but also how to interact with them and how to make sure that they're feel engaged, how they make sure they feel valuable for the company and uh, that we're getting, you know, the, the most that we can out of each employee. Um, so it's, I mean, teamwork's been huge. It's something, you know, as an engineer, even in program management, uh, corporate job that I really wasn't involved with human relations and HR. Uh, and I probably as a business owner now, especially since we have multiple employees, I spend, quite a bit of time, um, you know, dealing with HR issues and then they're not all negative by any means, but uh, you know, I mean, people have issues and have problems and you got to work around them and having profiles and things like that and help, I think help, uh, you know, guide you and what, what you need to do. But teamwork is super important. And we, when we interview people, we want to make sure that they're cohesive. Uh, we go to lunch. Uh, so we, I have a personal interview, whoever they may be working in, whatever area, uh, that person will have an interview with them as well. We always take a team lunch as part of our interview and so we'll spend an hour we take everybody out to lunch uh, as well as the interview candidate and we just see how you know when we get back from that did everybody was able to interact with the candidate or was there some weird times in there and and that's important to us because uh, we have to work with each other you know forty hours a week. It's important to be able to get along.
1: so I, I I've heard some you know, interesting takes or whatever on this side, on the idea of, you know, like kind of understanding your employees and, you know, how do we respond to them this and that? And, you know, some people that I have talked to have very energetically reminded me that it's like, this is my company. This is my company. And it's like, I'm not going to have to, you know, I shouldn't be just kowtowing to all of the whims of all of these people, you know, sort of the you know, lunatics running the asylum kind of a thing. And it's just all this and that. And so I like, and, and certainly to an extent is that, you know, I mean, look, like not, not everybody is, is super well suited to work in every single environment. And so I guess, how do you personally ride that line between I have a culture that we have created here. We want to foster and nurture that or whatever, but we also want to understand these other individuals. And so like, how do you strike that balance of making sure that you don't, you know, your understanding of all of these other people, but you're also not creating a work environment that you, you as the owner just hate to go to every day?
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the key point right there. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you've got to have some flexibility, um, you know, and understand that everybody's different and look at the, I guess, the value added by each employee and, and make sure that it's not counterintuitive or counteracting uh kind of a positive atmosphere that we try to keep in our office. So I mean, if there's any times where somebody may be straying a little to the left or right or somebody's getting annoyed in the office, and we have to bring it to attention. And you know, we all have to work together and, and create a positive cohesive group. Uh but at the same time, I mean there are so many talented people that don't look like me, that don't act like me, that don't have the same social life as me, didn't go to the same college as me. Um And those are all things that our customers, especially, I mean, we're working a very diverse group. Whoever comes into our office needs a new home. They all come from various walks of life, uh, various demographics, uh, socioeconomics. Like I said, we do starter homes all the way up to luxury estates. And so we have to have a mindset that everybody's different and unique and listen to our customers. And I carry that same philosophy with my employees that I don't go into it looking for a specific style or person you know, I'm trying to find what value added can they bring to our, uh, to our business. And so, I mean, I think for the most part, we've been successful, uh, obviously, you know, every business has had some hires or whatever that maybe didn't work out as, as they had hoped. But, uh, for the most part, um, I think, I think we, you know, handled that pretty well.
1: So as you, as you look back on, you know, some of the things, some of the folks that, you know, for whatever reason, it just kind of didn't work out, uh, you know, do you, I guess, you know, like, I guess, how do you look back and reflect on that? You know, how do you reflect on some of these things where it's like, you know, you, you hired somebody, you know, in a lot of cases, these people are, you know, they're changing companies, change, maybe sometimes changing careers, maybe they're moving to be a part of this or whatever. And then, you know, after some period of time that was not as long as y'all had either party had hoped, now you're parting ways. And so I guess, how do you, like, I guess just whenever you think back on, on, on those times, I mean, just. Do you do you feel guilty? Do you feel, you know, like, well, we gave it a shot, and you know, no harm, no foul. I mean, like, just you know, yeah. How, how do you how do you deal with it after the fact?
0: Uh, I mean, I, I think everybody probably has a little bit of guilt. I mean, you've just uprooted somebody's life, somebody's family. Anytime you have parted ways with somebody uh, before it was time or before they thought it was time, you know, there's definitely you know, some guilt, uh, some feelings that are, you know, uneasy feelings. I think if that ever became easy, you know, probably my moral, uh, compass, maybe a little off or something, you know, or ethical, but, uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a business, we have to make business decisions. Um, we got to make sure that, you know, we're not affecting the rest of the employees by, you know, one employee, uh, that maybe didn't work out or didn't have you know, the same goals in mind as the rest of the company. Uh, so you always have to think back that, you know, this is the best for the majority of the group, uh, as well as overall the business uh, for that. Um, and I forget the first part of what you, you had asked there, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's always a difficult decision, you know, yeah. to make and, decisions and, and uproot somebody.
1: And I, and I think that it's a, uh, you know, it's, like, like you said, is that if it ever gets to the point that it's not a difficult decision, then, you know, you might not be in the, you know, it might not be in the, in, in the right line of work, but, you know, at the same time, I guess, you know, there is kind of the, like you said, it's, it's not just about one person. It's about the whole team, but,
0: uh, I, I think just to add to that real quick, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of the decisions that I've made and maybe have led down to a path where an employee didn't work out were some rush decisions. So as a business owner, I've learned that in the past, that, uh, Hey, I've got a bunch of work coming in I need somebody. And you go out and you get, you know, I don't know, you get 10 candidates that all look appear to be pretty good. You pick the best one and like, that's, that's what I got. I got to go with it because I got to have a decision. I got all this work and I think, uh, you know, that could come back to bite you. You really want to find somebody that's a long-term solution and not somebody that's going to get you through the next couple of weeks. Because after the next couple weeks, um, if there's some rough spots in there, you know, it just causes a lot of issues. And then, you know, you've wasted a bunch of time training and and everything else that goes involves in bringing a customer on board. So uh, I've I've come to that realization after making some of those hires. And now even there's periods where I really need somebody, but there just wasn't anybody out there that I felt comfortable with. And we just put it on pause and wait a month and then try again. So uh, I think I've had better success that way lately.
1: Yeah, you know, it's the you know, kind of that, that sense of that, that, that feeling of urgency, you know, is something that, uh, you know, I mean, it just, it, it just kind of weighs on you, you know, and it just kind of affects your decision-making. I remember when I, uh, when I first started driving, I remember one of the, probably the best safe driving safety tip that my dad ever gave me was don't be in a hurry. He's like, make sure that whenever you're going somewhere that you always give yourself plenty of time. Cause that's when a lot of mistakes happen is where you're just, you're rushing or whatever, and you take a, a, a risk that's a little bit bigger than what you would have, and then all of a sudden, that's whenever you know an accident you know occurs. And so, I, I think that it it's certainly not unique to hiring decisions or you know decisions. You know, and it goes the other way too, right? You know, like I think a lot of people that end up in a wrong decision, you know, uh, take a job that maybe later on they wish that they wouldn't had. You know, probably are also feeling that sense of urgency where it's like ah, I need this and I need a job, and you know, it's just puts a lot of pressure into what, you know, is likely a very complicated decision anyway.
0: Yeah. I think that's part of, uh, as an owner, you know, the things that we have to kind of weed out when we're looking for that next employee is, is the person interviewing because they really need it and they're saying all the right things because, you know, they need the job and they know what they need to do to get a job or are they saying it because, you know, inside and passionately they feel the same way we do as a company and that's what we're looking for. So, uh, it's, it's more than a 30 minute interview. Um, you know, you really got to make sure do your homework make sure that, uh, the employee you're looking at is true and, and that's somebody that you want to add to the company, but going back to the whole, you having to let somebody go, uh, I had a business coach or I have a business coach. And, uh, she told me, you know, that nobody ever regrets. Um, I mean, it, it stinks. It's not fun, but nobody ever regrets usually. Letting somebody go after the fact, you know, a week or two or a month has gone by. Um, you know, this is what we have to do as a business owner.
1: Yeah, and you know, usually I, I, I think that, and I, I have found that this is this has been true in my experience. Is that you know, on the other side is that it's it, it's not a kind thing to keep somebody in a position where they're not being where they don't have a high chance of being successful, and you know, it's you know that, that that that's not uh you know that, that that's not a good thing because the two ways that you have to handle that is that either you're in a situation where you're just constantly in this state of failure and not you know in inadequacy or you're in a situation where somebody's compromising their standards to accommodate you and neither of those things feel feel good for anybody you know people want to win people want to be successful and it's like
0: uh and that's so a bad precedence for the rest of the employees too if uh if it's obvious you know
1: yeah, I mean, I think that it's you. You in in that situation, uh, I, I was talking to a friend who's you know dealing with some issues like this or whatever, and they had an employee that was working with them. They didn't feel was you know at, at a really high level, and the way we kind of broke it down is like, all right, well, hey, here's your two possibilities. You know, possibility number one is that the rest of the team sees that this person is not performing at a high level, and they see that you are. Accepting of that and tolerating of that—that that this is the and this is your new standard of what excellence is—and then the other possibility is that everybody's looking at this employee and they think that they are doing a good job, you know. And now you are you are confusing the rest of the organization about what it means to do a good job, and so it's it, it does not do anybody any good to shield them from from expectations, right? And so, uh, or or to protect them from consequences. So it's, uh, anyway.
0: yeah, I have a sticky note on my uh, desk and underneath because in human relation, I mean, human resources, you know, dealing with issues with employees, you get stuff all the time. Uh, but a sticky note on my desk that I keep and I always look at multiple times a day. It says, if you allow it, you promote it. And so, uh, there's a lot of times it's, it's tough to have that conversation, but even with performers that are doing really well, but there's something that they're not doing that's irritating or bothering or you know causing the business issues um you know you got to address it immediately so
1: anyway do you find that do, do you have you found it helpful since you have started using some you know the profiling tools as part of your interview and onboarding process and just kind of the mo that you all are running as a company do you find that some of those conversations about holding people to account holding people to the expectations and levels of performance does that um i mean does this make it easier to do that
0: uh i think it does make it easier. I mean, I, uh, especially with like disc profiles and things like that, I understand what drives a person. Uh, I mean, it helps, you know, not always, it's not a hundred percent accurate, but, uh, but it definitely gives you ideas of what drives a person. So you can look to see what motivates them, uh, you know, have the conversations in and gear it towards, you know, if we need to improve on something or even if you're just trying to, you know, give an award, sometimes somebody would rather have, you know, it, broadcasted in a meeting that, uh, you know, that Joe Blow did a fantastic job on this project. And sometimes, you know, you have people that prefer, you know, give them a $20 Starbucks gift card, and they would rather that than have something, you know, in pers- or, uh, done in a meeting, you know, so it, it kind of varies between people and trying to figure that out and just make sure that keep people motivated, I guess, is, uh, is a hard, hard job. But I think the profiling definitely helps
1: that. Well, it, 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 it's a, it, it, at the very least, it is a starting point for a conversation. You know, it's like whenever, you know, it, you know anytime that we bring in some kind of profiling tool in, in our business is that we always let people know, like, you are free to disagree with anything that shows up in this report. You know, like this thing says, you know, like, oh, man, it says you're a crazy big extrovert. And it's like, I, I mean, you're the one li- you're, you're the one who's been living in your skin, you know, your whole life. And so you tell us if this is true or not, but, you know, at, at most people, I think do find that there's, uh, you know, do, do, do find some consistency or whatever. And even if they don't, you know, at least now it, it, that's a, something like what you're talking about where it's like, Hey, would you, you know, some people would rather, you know, be recognized in a meeting versus be, you know, patted on the back privately with a nice thank you note and a gift card or whatever having a starting point where you can say, Hey, this is, you know, like, how would you, you know, like, what do you think? You know, like, I mean, it seems like you're the kind of person that enjoys a little bit more of the public recognition. What do you think about that? I think it's easier for people to respond to that than it is to just, you know, sit them down and say like, well, Hey, you know, you tell me how do you want to be managed? You know, that, that, you know, I feel like that's kind of a cop out. It's like you're the manager, aren't you supposed to figure that? out? Aren't you supposed to help me figure that out? So, but it's uh, uh, yeah.
0: without training, without education. I'm assuming they teach that in business school and marketing and human resources, which I didn't get in engineering school. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's tough to learn. I mean, I'm still learning, and that's probably been my biggest challenge as a business owner, especially when you start to grow your business and add, you know, multiple employees. Uh, it's huge figuring out what drives or motivates every person because they're different than yourself. And we're not to say that it's different, but we're, you know, in a artistic creative type world where we're, uh, you know, creating custom homes and, and very crafty, creative, artistic. Uh, so we fall on a different spectrum than say an accountant would. And, uh, maybe it's a little easier for me being an engineer that I fall more towards the accountant, like it's black and white, two plus two is four. Um, but in our world, sometimes the best creators and the most artistic, you know, it might not be two plus two equals four. It might be, you know, two plus two minus two equals, you know, two or whatever. I mean, they have a creative way of getting there. Um, so, but anyway, it's always, it's fun. I mean, I wouldn't want to work with a bunch of robots. We always joke as business owners, you know, if we could just get a clone of ourselves, it'd be so much easier. Um, but you really wouldn't want to live, you know. In a, in a business like that or a world like that we need creativity and
1: diversity so the what is you know as, as a business owner or whatever i guess what what is the you know kind of kind of to that point and we, we can maybe wrap up on this one is as you have learned these lessons you know i'm I, my i i would assume that earlier on in your career you wore a lot more hats and as you have grown you have been able to shed some of those and so What is the time, like, I guess, like, which of those seats are you most grateful that you do not have a clone of yourself working in there and you have somebody that is different from you? Like, I guess, where where are you the most relieved that you have been able to fire yourself from a position in your company?
0: Uh, That's a that's a difficult one. Um, I mean, just some of the creativity, you know, even in the design world, um, I come from engineering. So it's, you know, I mean, I know structural wise of a home how it goes together where we need to put two fours, where two by sixes go where the lvl beam needs to go Uh, but i have some really really creative people that uh come up with you know great ideas about non-conforming lots Uh, we had a triangle lot one time i had an intern uh she came up with this phenomenal design on how to grade this house they didn't have any square walls hardly uh but fit on this triangular lot so i mean i've I'm happy that I have additional designers. Uh, They always coming, you know, thinking out of the box, um, accounting, but to be honest, I guess, you know, now I'm thinking about it, the thing that I don't really like to do is, you know, go out and ask for money. So, I mean, that's, that's the only way business stays in business. Right. Uh, before I hired a customer relations manager, I had bills that were two or three months old and I was always focused on you know, the next project, like I need to create the next design I need to get the next person happy, you know, finish their project. And sometimes we didn't have a great accounting system and we would finish the project and I would just forget to bill a customer. And so obviously it's hard to stay in business if you're not, you know, billing and collecting money, but I hate following up with people. I just, for me, like I get a bill, I pay it. Um, If it sits on my desk for, you know, a day or two, it, it aggravates me. And but other, you know, we have a lot of customers who, uh, you know, wait the 30 days or wait, you know, the, till we've emailed them the third time to say, hey, we hadn't received your check um, before they pay. And so our customer relations manager does a phenomenal job with, you know, just monitoring that, keeping on track and following up and being persistent about, hey, we still need paid. We still need money. So and that's probably so- the I, I just doesn't fit my personality very well
1: and you know to to encourage anybody out there that might be you know needing a little bit of like i guess was it scary for you to hire somebody to do that was it like a little bit you know
0: yes yeah yeah i mean basically i mean that's a huge part of your business right it's your accounting it's uh customer relations i mean that's like you get into business a lot of times thinking that you do it because you're the best you're the person that the customer should see first you should always be involved um so yeah it was definitely scary but I mean, again, she's remarkable. Uh, She doesn't mind doing it. uh, And she does a phenomenal job with it. And it's a job, you know, I've asked her before about, you know, I just always feel guilty about following up with somebody and they're in a bad situation, or I hear their guilt story, you know, that their car died and the battery's not working. And, you know, can they wait another few weeks to pay? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine, no problem. And, but she's like, you know, this is a business and she, she comes to work, she makes the calls. you know, she's follows the line. Like, this is what, this is what it says. You're going to pay within 30 days. We need our money. Um, so anyway, yeah, it, it's been great. I couldn't, in fact, it's probably like the one job that I would be the most scared of, of uh, mm-hmm. having to replace.
1: <laughs> well, and it's, uh, you know, it, you know, kind of like, you know, I mean, it, it, just like a lot of, you know, when you get to, when you get on to the other side of a good decision, you know, the right decision, even though it's a little scary at first, it's just, I just I I can I can sense the weight that would must have been lifted off your shoulders whenever that was no longer your thing. And I just think about, you know, how your performance and every other aspect of running the operation and leading the team and you know serving your customers, you know, must have gone up. Yeah, know, and the customers
0: way. oh, it's huge. And the customers appreciate it. I mean, they have more constant, you know, feedback mm-hmm. contact. Uh, that she gets great reviews. Every customer I have is, you know, phenomenal that Our customer relations manager is, you know, over the top, loves everything about it. Um, and she does a fantastic job. And yeah, it's a huge burden that I don't like money comes in. I don't have to ask about it all the time. Uh, don't have to follow up with, you know, 10 customers that hadn't paid and they still have a bunch of money. Um, yeah, huge, huge. (laughs) I mean like, like not going to the dentist huge.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Man, I just, uh, I, I appreciate all of the insight and that's, uh, you know, I, I think my, 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 big takeaway from this conversation is that it's, you know, just kind of this combination of, you know, just kind of this con the, the, the constant learning and the constant, you know, you know, wh- whether you're talking about learning about the industry, learning about your people, but just being intentional about always having that rhythm of, 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 of learning. And then, you know, but. Learning is great and it's fun, but then the other side of it is that you got to act on it, you know, and so you sometimes that means making tough decisions or sometimes it means taking a leap, you know, like I know we didn't get a chance to talk too much, but I know you guys are getting into the interior design stuff now, which is, you know, I, you know, it, it would have been great to just sit and learn about, oh, oh yeah, that's really interesting. Maybe that's something we could do. It's a, it's a thing of a different order to step out into a new part of the industry, you know, step out and offer a new type of a service that y'all have not done before. And so, um, yeah, yeah. It takes both, take both. takes both sides of it, you know.
0: It does. And uh, that's something that I don't have a huge background or knowledge on. So I'm relying on the people that we've trusted to hire and, you know, and giving them proper training and so that we can provide those services. Uh, so it's a little unique. You know, I know a lot of business owners may go manage a company and they, you know, they build widgets and maybe the manager doesn't know, like, how the widget's made or what the widget does, but they're really good at, like, Managing the business, right? Um, so I'm starting to get a little bit into that with this interior design option, which I'm really excited about. Uh, they do a phenomenal job, but you know, it's something that if a customer comes back to me and it's like, why did you pick this color? Like, I don't know really, why would that color? <laughs> but uh, we'll cross those roads when we get there. But they're really talented, great, great uh, set of employees that we've got.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, certainly, certainly wish you all, all the best of luck with that. Uh, and, uh, we'll have all of your contact information in the show notes for everybody, but, uh, for those that are just happen to be only listening, if they have gotten to the other side of the holidays and realize that they really need that Christmas tree closet or the bigger, uh, dining room or, uh, where can they find you to, uh, get help with that or just, you know, pick, pick your brain on something that we've been talking about on the show.
0: Yeah. So they can follow us on uh, Facebook at Tracy's Custom Home Design. Uh, we also have Instagram, Pinterest. We're actually working with social media, trying to hire a social media coordinator. Uh, we may do some TikTok videos in the future. Um, but we're located in Farmersville, Texas, which is northeast of Dallas uh, in the Metroplex. And our website's www.tracyscustomhomes.com. And uh, yeah, we're the leaders in the rural area of the northeast uh, the Metroplex we're happy to help any homeowner that's looking for a new house or to remodel their current home.
1: All right, man. Well, uh, everybody, you know, please feel free to hit up Roy with, uh, on that, or if you, you know, uh, he's, he's been very gracious with his time here. And I know that he's always very, uh, happy to help somebody that's maybe not quite as far down the road as he is on any, uh, uh you know, any, any advice about how you might want to continue to get better at business. So uh, Roy, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. To those of you who are out there listening, we appreciate y'all as well. Uh, Roy, it's been a blast. We'll do it again sometime.
0: All right. Appreciate it, Travis. We'll see you at the tailgate sometime, maybe.
1: Hopefully so. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Bye.